Let's talk about Echo, the new Marvel series streaming on Disney Plus that focuses on the character of Maya Lopez, who is not only indigenous and a woman and deaf, but she is also, and this is something that wasn't talked about too much for this show, she is also an amputee. That's right. She she's missing part of her leg, but don't worry. Uh, the amputation was like below the knee, so she's still surprisingly spry in some of these fight scenes. And if the obvious ESG push behind the show wasn't enough to just kind of give you pause. What's also raised eyebrows leading up to this show's release have been all the reports of production issues, as well as Disney being so unhappy with the final product that they even considered not releasing the show at all and instead just taking uh, the loss as a tax credit. Well, now that the show has actually come out and I have watched it, I've got to say, if I were Disney probably would have taken the tax credit. And that's not just me being harsh, okay? I feel like the folks at Disney, they knew this wasn't going to go over well, as so much so that the moratorium they put on critic reviews for the series, it only lifted once the series had actually been released. Usually, if a new movie or series is coming out, the studio behind it will choose to release screener versions to certain either critics or industry insiders. And the goal there, if you are confident in your project, that is, is that these people review the film or series positively, and that way everyone who's excited for it leading up to the release, they've been hearing all these great things about it, so when it's actually out, they're more inclined to watch it. But if you, on the other hand, are not confident that people are going to like your show or movie, uh, you usually will instead say, don't say anything about it, and hope that basically this gag order means that for weeks leading up to the series release, you don't have people bad mouthing your project because it doesn't really make sense that they would release this clip knowing that it would make the show look so bad. What immediately jumped out at me and I think a lot of other people is how slow they're moving. If this is actually what's included in the series, which I it seems like it is, that's not good. But with that said, as I mentioned, I've actually seen Echo at this point, so let's jump into it. And by the way, if you haven't seen the series yet, and for some reason you not only want to, but you also want to avoid spoilers, then I would say pause this video and come back to it later because we are going to be getting into specifics here. Echo opens up by introducing us to little Maya Lopez when she's just a little girl. And you see Maya is deaf, as is her mother, and her father he is rather sketchy. He's actually involved with organized crime, which is going to be a huge part of the story. Because one night while it's raining, because of course it's raining, and I just want to say, if you're watching a movie or a series and like a parent is going to go out while it's raining in a car, you just know it's not it's not going to end well, as is very much the case here. As Maya and her mother are driving somewhere during this rainy night, they actually get into an accident, which ends up killing Maya's mother and also taking part of Maya's leg. It turns out that the family's vehicle's brakes were cut by one of Maya's father's criminal enemies. So very sad stuff, but Maya and her dad after this end up leaving to New York, where Maya's father works for Kingpin, aka Fisk, who yes, does serve as this series' big bad. Years later though, after Maya is all grown up, she does unfortunately witness her father's gruesome death at the hand of Hawkeye. And so after this, Maya herself begins working for Kingpin as not only an outlet for her aggression, but also in the hopes that she eventually will be able to avenge her father's death. Basically through this part of the story, Maya is serving as Kingpin's muscle slash hitman. And I know what you're thinking here, 
wow, what what are Maya's powers anyway? Because let's not forget, this is supposed to be a Marvel series. And if Kingpin has chosen Maya, who is not only a woman, but also deaf and an amputee, to be his muscle, surely that must mean that her powers is pretty awesome, right? To kind of compensate for the, I don't want to say shortcoming she has, because that would mean being a woman is a shortcoming. But, you know, for lack of a better term shortcomings and yet still kingpin interestingly enough chooses her uh to be his hitman i guess he's like really into dei you know you just you can never tell who secretly is an advocate for the disabled i suppose and it is by the way during this period of the show that the now infamous daredevil echo fight scene occurs and for anyone by the way who saw the cam footage of that fight that leaked and was wondering is that really the final product that's gonna be included in the series when it's released? Yeah, that that is the footage that the director, the people behind this show thought good enough to include in the final product. None of my men have ever held their own with him like that. You did better than even I expected. Really just amazing stuff. But uh, eventually, through working for Kingpin, Maya learns that actually, even though Hawkeye technically carried out her father's assassination, it was really Kingpin who was behind it all and who planned for her father to die. And so after she learns this, even though Kingpin up until now had kind of been a mentor slash father figure to her, she takes it upon herself to, you know, do what she set out to do and avenge her father's death by killing Kingpin. In doing this though, she is injured by Kingpin's men and so she flees back to her hometown of Tamaha, if I'm saying that right, in Oklahoma, where she hasn't been in 20 years, not since her mother died. It's me, Biscuits! Oh my god! <laughs> and now all of that information, by the way, all of those events surrounding Kingpin, from what I understand, that actually occurs in Hawkeye. So people who have seen both Echo and Hawkeye have said that a lot of the first episode is actually just Hawkeye scenes being cut up again to give people context for this show. I've seen people complain about it because if you've seen Hawkeye, it's basically like you're having to re-watch a bunch of stuff that you probably don't want to. I kind of appreciated it because I haven't seen Hawkeye and I have no plans to see Hawkeye. But I think the fact that there's complaints here just illustrates the fact that perhaps Disney's plan of having like all of these interwoven stories that not only exist on screen, but also in series. I mean, it's kind of problematic for more casual viewers who don't want to have to watch like 30 shows and movies every year just to know what's going on. And I also want to say that everything I just explained there, this whole recap part of the series, it occurs in basically the first half of episode one. So we are moving very, very fast. And one of the issues I have heard other people uh, address with this show is that of pacing. What do you mean by that? No pun intended, because again, you know, amputee main character. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely a problem. At this point, there's so much information and exposition that the show is trying to get out of the way, just introducing Maya's backstory and her character, that at this point, we don't really have a good sense of who Maya is as a person. Uh, we are told she is supposed to be fierce and formidable and angry, but basically all the actors who place her at this point, Alakwa Cox, I think her name is, all she's been doing is just kind of scowling and performing poorly constructed stunts. But in any case, now in the show, we are in Tamaha, where Echo Maya grew up. Maya 
And it is here we see that even though Maya may be deaf and an amputee, she is every bit as capable as everyone else of being a total asshole. Yeah, you see, when we finally do start to spend a little more time with Maya just as a character, when the series slows down a little bit more so we can get closer to the characters, it turns out that Maya, her character, is just not very good at all. Very unlikable. I know her character in this story is supposed to be that of an anti-hero, and it's supposed to be a little grittier, edgier. She's she's definitely darker than someone like, let's say, Hawkeye. But still, in this series, she is not only a jerk to, like, Kingpin and other guys in, in the mafia, which is understandable. She's also just, she's so mean to her family. When she goes back to her hometown and we are introduced to her cousins and, like, her grandparents, she's just mean to all of them. She totally takes advantage of them. She doesn't really show any remorse for putting them in danger. Why is Disney incapable of giving us likable female characters? because the only personality trait that she actually consistently has throughout all of this is being grouchy, which I guess might still have been okay if she were simultaneously like really charismatic or maybe even sort of funny, but it's like, she she's not. One of the family members Maya has that we are introduced to in Tamaha is her uncle Henry, who incidentally also works for Fisk. That's right. He helps run munitions shipments for him. Maya essentially wants Henry to help her launch a war against Fisk's men so that she can assume control of his entire criminal enterprise and I guess become queen pin as it were which is kind of interesting because up until now uh there's been zero indication that Maya had ambitions for taking control of Kingpin's empire but hey you know what I guess the story needs to happen so this is what we are going with has she previously shown any inclination toward leadership or desire for power not really but that's fine and in response to this request Henry I would say quite reasonably He's actually like, how about no? Because you see, that's a pretty big war, a pretty big conflict you're looking to start. Doesn't really seem like you have a solid plan. And also, most importantly, if you do this, if you attack Kingpin's men, they're basically automatically going to know it's you. And hey, since we have all of these other family members in town, kind of seems like starting this war would be putting them at risk. So how about we just don't? Very reasonable, very rational uh, position, if you ask me. But of course, being somewhat of an a-hole, Echo's like, how about I do it anyway? So she then, roping in her poor cousin Biscuit, who has no idea what's going on, but just wants to help his cousin, whom he hasn't seen in, in years, she manages to blow up Fisk's munitions building. It is also during this sequence in the show that Echo actually gets her powers. Now, as I've reported on in a previous video, uh, from the start, the director behind this show was very clear that she believed Echo's comic book powers were, quote, lame. Um, interesting choice of words, considering you know, uh, considering the lack of leg Echo has. But in any case, we knew going into this show that Echo's powers wouldn't be what they are in the comics uh, where she can kind of mimic or echo other people's powers. But we didn't know exactly what they were because the director wanted to keep that hidden until the show actually came out. Well, now that I have seen the show and have seen Echo's powers at play, uh, I am somewhat confused to announce to you that I'm still not 100% sure what they exactly are. 
first scene in the show when Echo uses her powers occurs when she is trying to uh, jump off of the train. She's just basically booby trapped for Fisk's men, but her her fake leg gets caught in one of the um, uh, connectors between the train cars. Echo somehow uh, finds the strength to pry her leg free. And I know that's probably making you think, oh, obviously her her power is super strength, right? But no, that's not really it. In the show throughout the different episodes, we are also given flashbacks to Echo's different Choctaw ancestors, who are all females, by the way, also using and experiencing the same power force as Echo. And it seems like this power source manifests itself differently at different times. Uh, one ancestor is given the power of, I guess, super strategy. Another one is given the ability to shoot pretty well. Echo's mom actually is able to heal people or different beings. I mean, super strategy, really good shooting, maybe being slightly stronger. These are not like super X-Men abilities we're talking here. Essentially, Echo's powers in this series equate to her maybe having had an energy drink and not not even like one of those Panera lemonades that's caffeinated and keeps killing people. I'm talking about like sis had a Red Bull. She's a little more focused, a little more confident. Really, like that is it. And I think it's pretty clear from her powers that the people behind this series, the director especially, they didn't really want to make an X-Men show. They didn't want to make a Marvel series. They wanted to make a series focusing on maybe uh, disabled people or the Choctaw Nation. And it just so happened that this Disney Plus series that was probably very well-funded was a way that they could do that if only they included like a couple scenes of some power BS, which they could also still tie back to the Choctaw heritage. And so I've got to say, if you are actually one of the people who's a fan of Echo from the comics, I could only imagine how much of a disappointment this series would be for multiple reasons, really, but especially the fact that clearly uh, the people behind the show had absolutely no respect or interest in that source material. Also, aside from the fact that they're very ill-defined in as what they actually allow her to do. Uh, they just don't really make sense. Uh, her grandmother, who of course is connected spiritually to her Native American ancestors because stereotypes, I suppose, she explains that uh, the ancestors, the powers, like they choose to protect the women in this lineage when they need them most. Which considering by the time Echo gets her powers, she's already seen her mother, who also had these powers, die in a car accident and had her own leg severed, also witnessed her father's death. It just, it seems kind of strange that these Native American ancestors watching this poor woman's life unfold, fairly tragically, if you ask me, it's only when her fake leg is caught in a train. And by the way, she could have just like removed the fake leg. It's only then that they're like, hey, maybe we should step in and help her a little bit. And honestly, one of the biggest tells that this isn't really a superhero series, this is barely a Marvel series, the fact that if you were to remove Maya's powers entirely from the plot, the show could still happen and basically remain unchanged. By the way, if I hadn't mentioned, Fisk actually isn't dead. Maya didn't succeed in killing him. And it's kind of funny because there's a point at the show where Fisk finally confronts Maya in person, where that would have been a pretty good place to reveal that Fisk never really died. That would have been a good like <gasps> moment for the audience. But for some reason, this show decided to reveal that Fisk wasn't dead 
like way earlier, almost immediately after Maya killed him, we see a shot of him recovering in the hospital. But it's like, why, why would they reveal that so early on? Like, wouldn't it have been so much more engaging for the audience to have actually assumed like Maya that Kingpin was dead for the majority of the show and then only later when it's necessary found out that he was alive? Because as it's written for the majority of episodes in this show, the meat of the plot, we know that Kingpin isn't actually dead, but Maya doesn't. And it's just like, I don't understand what the writers hope to gain by that decision by making the reveal so much earlier for us as the audience than it is for Maya. Because as it stands at the end of the third episode, once Maya finally learns that Kingpin isn't actually dead, she's all like, <gasps> but the rest of us were like, yeah, we know, but whatever, I guess. Uh, once Fisk actually confronts Maya, who keep in mind has been basically killing his men and effing his operation up in the hopes of taking it over, what Fisk does in response to that is pretty interesting. He's like, oh, you, you want to be queen pin? You want to inherit an empire? Okay, just, just take it. Apparently in this series, Kingpin is supposed to view Maya like as his own daughter. And so I suppose once he learns that she wants to take over things, he's fine with it because he would like to leave it all to her anyway, which is kind of confusing, at least from my perspective, because even though this show tries to set up history between these two characters, you see Kingpin and Maya hang out when she was a child and stuff. Uh, in practice, these two characters have very little chemistry together. They're just very awkward together. Neither displays any affection toward the other, but still we're supposed to believe that Kingpin uh, would give his entire life's work over to Maya. Whatever, I guess. When confronted with this generous offer from Kingpin, Maya, in response, is like, no. Which, I mean, might make sense if she was of the belief that, uh, you know, just being a criminal is wrong. But clearly, she doesn't think that. She wants this criminal enterprise. This man is offering to give it to her. And so maybe you might imagine, well, the problem there is that Maya is still upset with him uh, that he killed her father. But I think at this point in the show, uh, Kingpin has been like, no, I didn't kill your father. And I think Maya maybe believes him. I don't know. Just the reasons for her refusal of being given everything she wants and is looking for, it's unclear to me. Aside from maybe the fact that she is a woman. Women. <laughs> <laughs> Once Maya rejects his offer of, again, everything she wants, Fisk gets kind of mad. He takes it personally and so decides to kidnap and then try to kill her entire family, I guess, to hurt her. And so the series culminates in this huge epic battle between Maya and Kingpin and his men, except it's not really epic. First of all, because it involves like 10 people, so just very underwhelming. And also because at the height of this battle, this confrontation, what actually happens, and I'm not even kidding, is that Maya manages to activate or share her super native woman powers with her other female family members. And so what we as viewers are presented with is, is an actual serious scene in a Marvel series where we have this like 70 year old Native American grandmother beating up mobsters. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. 
after that scene, I stopped watching the show. I only had like 10 minutes of the episode left, but it was, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I had to tab out. Presumably though, Maya and her relatives win and they're fine. And I guess they defeat Kingpin. Maybe they don't actually kill him though. So he can come back as a villain in other series and or movies. But yeah, that's, that's Echo. That's the show we've been waiting for. At the time that I'm filming this review, uh, I will say that the show has a surprising 70% on the tomato meter and a 74% audience score, which seems suspiciously high in my opinion. But, you know, uh, there you have it. Take those numbers for what you will. What I will say, though, is that in my opinion, this show basically fails at everything it sets out to be. I don't know. I would love to hear what you guys think about this, but I feel like even that whole dark slash gritty descriptor, that was just a marketing tool to try to make it seem like this show was somehow different from the other Marvel series we've seen, even though it's it's really not. I definitely wouldn't say the show is worth your time, but uh, I did, as usual, make Papa Chen sit through this entire series. So here is what he has to say about it. When I was watching the first two episodes, the first and the half episode were kind of slow. That's why I was falling asleep. But this morning, when I woke up, I said, may as well finish it. And it's getting better. So basically, I would say I enjoy it. Honestly, one of the reasons I fell asleep last night was no sound, no dialogue. So that's why it's difficult. Sometimes it's to follow. But I could understand, in my opinion, it would be better rather to see a dead devil, a blind guy can talk and rather than echo can see and no talking. In my opinion, for this, like during the holiday New Year, this TV series, they should do better than I expect. This series is not something, oh, I have to finish it today, one episode after another episode. This one you watch, one episode or half an episode, three days later, you could go back and watch it. This is uh, different things. Uh, I think Walt Disney, if they continue following this trend back to normal stream, they eventually they will come back. But it may take time. All right, so Echo, those are our thoughts. And as always, we would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, have you seen it? If so, what did you think? And do you think that this show is going to get a second season? Well, I kind of, I really doubt it since uh, reports are that initially there was supposed to be like eight or 10 episodes, but they only ended up releasing five. And even at that, I feel like they could have trimmed things down a lot more. But whatever your thoughts may be, let us know down below. That's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.